good evening and God bless you. And I want to welcome you to Tuesday's April the, what is the day? April the 12th, amen, to our Tuesday night encounter. And I want to thank you all for tuning in this evening. I am Pastor Willie and I am with Vision of Hope Ministries located here in Fort Worth. And I truly uh, thank God for what he is doing, not just in my life, but in the life of believers everywhere. Truly, God is faithful in everything. And I'm glad I have him on my side. I don't know about you. All I know that in these days and the things that are taking place in this country and this nation, you really, really need the Lord. And I, I can't even say anything other than that. I want to thank you for tuning in here on station WVOH radio live on the Internet. Tonight, we have a very special um, message that I, I told my wife this afternoon that this one was fresh off the press. And I was driving into work this morning just thinking about, I guess, the goodness of the Lord. And I was just thanking him for all that he is and all that he's doing in my life and the lives of those who are around me. And, you know, he began to speak some things to me. And I would like to just say that this is the first of not the first of three, but the first of probably four messages that is coming that deals. I say deals. I don't know if it's going to deal with or tie together, but this is just the first one. If you've been tuning in with us for the last really since February, when we began the our the study of the walk through the book of Romans, beginning with Romans, the first chapter. And last week we ended on Romans, the fifth chapter. So we are making our way through the book of Romans and next week. But today we're going to take a pause from that series. And next when next Tuesday, we'll pick back up in chapter six. So if you read chapter six, those of you who have been following us along, just reread it again. Amen. Ask God to reveal some more things to you. Um, I believe he'll have some more for you on next week. But I wanted to get this out because it's been burning in my spirit all day. And I believe God has a word for us tonight. So keep me in your prayers. Matter of fact, before we go further, I will say a prayer. But are you tuned into what's taking the place around you? Are you aware of what you're seeing in the the media outlets and and your social networks? For those of you who are heavy in that and um, just talk among people, amen, with this election season and the things that are taking place in this country. But when you take it beyond the borders of America, you have to think about the things that are taking place here in throughout the world. Amen. It is so much going on that we really, if you are a believer and if you know what the word says about end times and those things that God is going to do in the earth, that's going to usher in the return of Jesus Christ. Not just on the earth, but the return to, for him to rapture his church out of here. And then following all the events that will take place, we'll have the second coming of Christ. Where Jesus is going to step down on the earth again. And, and wage war with the nations of this earth. And the scripture says that once the battle is over, we know who's going to win. I don't need to tell you that. But just in case you think the enemy is going to win, Jesus is going to slaughter 
those kings of those nations and he's going to set up his kingdom here on the earth for a thousand years. The scripture talks about and you can read that in a book of Revelation. And then after that thousand years is up. The Bible says that the angels are going to go down and unleash Satan out of the pit and allow him to come back on the earth to wreak havoc on the earth again for the time that God has appointed. And you can read, read all of that in your spare time. But I want you to know that we have to be ready. We have to be ready. And, you know, a lot of times when people talk like that, people, you know, it, it can bring a, 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 a fear inside of you. Amen. Because it's like, ooh, I want to live to see this. I want to do this. I want to be able to do this. I want to accomplish this. And you realize that the way the seasons and the things are taking place in the earth, time is like it's speeding up. I find myself now praying, you know, not Lord, help me. It's like, Lord, I don't know. If I'm going to have the time to do everything that you have placed in my spirit. So the things that are unnecessary, remove them so that I can accomplish the things that you have for us to accomplish. That's going to bring about the maximum impact, the maximum impact into the lives of those who who God wants to touch or who wants us to receive God in these last hours. Tonight, I have a special message tonight and. I was wondering earlier this morning, what was I going to call this? And I was sitting at my desk at work and this dropped in my my mind and I wrote it down. It's tonight's lesson is going to be called sleeping with the enemy, sleeping with the enemy. Some of you might say, oh, he got that off of that movie. Yeah, I just want to get that out of the way. It probably it probably came from that. I, I didn't get it from that, but it's just it's just just so happened that there is a movie out old movie called sleeping with the enemy and it has no relation to what we're going to talk about tonight unless you want to associate it with that you know the word is relevant so if it fits your shoes or should i say if the shoe fits your foot go on put it on and if it's a boot zip it up slide your foot in put some socks on while you're doing it and just take the word for what it is amen but we're going to be coming from well, our lesson text tonight is going to start in the book of Judges. I know some of you have not looked at the book of Judges in a long time and you might not have ever read the book of Judges. But the book of Judges is the book that's after Joshua. Joshua was the man that God used to bring his people into the promised land. And after all that took place in Joshua, God had to establish judges over the nations to govern the people of God. Well, tonight we're going to embark upon a very familiar story that suits this title very well. And it's two individuals named Samson and Delilah. Samson and Delilah. Delilah. Samson and Delilah. We'll give you a background about that as we, when we move to that portion of the scripture. So let's pray and then we're going to see what God has for us tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you giving you thanks, praise and glory and honor for who you are in our lives. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. We thank you, God, for just the place, the access that you have given to us. But we don't have to rely on anybody to bring us in your presence. For the word of the Lord says in the book of Hebrews that we can come into your presence boldly before the throne of grace where we can obtain mercy and help in a time of need. All of us need you. 
I haven't made it yet. I need all that you possess to help me to become all that you want me to become. I am a man that might be fishing in every part of my humanness. But what I do know, Father God, is that when I lean on you and I yield my heart and soul to you, I receive power. I'm empowered. I'm strengthened. I'm encouraged. I'm my faith is increased and I can go forth and accomplish all that you've given me to accomplish. Not looking back, but pressing forward. I thank you for the challenges that come daily because it's through those challenges, God, that my faith in, is increased. My hope in you is increased, strengthened. And I know and I find you in that place. So tonight I'm inviting you in that you would anoint me and your people to receive the word and to hear the word and to teach the word this night in Jesus name. That you open up to us the revelation of the scripture that we may be enlightened, that we may be encouraged, that we may see us, that we may see others, that we may know how to reach others and influence this world for the kingdom of heaven. We pray your anointing. We come against every distraction, everything that will come against your people that would hinder tonight. We bind the enemy. We rebuke the enemy. We cast him forth in Jesus name. And we declare tonight that he has no power. The anointing of God is greater and every attempt to stop the word of God will cease, will not be prosperous, will will be defeated before it even begins. We declare it in Jesus name. And we thank you, Father God, that you're still sitting on the throne and that Jesus is talking to you as we stand and pray tonight. And we thank you and appreciate you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to settle my spirit. I feel my heart racing. <laughs> Amen. Like I'm anxious about something. Praise the Lord. I come to you tonight with a heavy heart. Heavy because that's the way God placed this word on my spirit. And I come to you with a weight that always comes when God has a specific word for his people. Some would say it's a word of faith. Some would say it's a word of courage. Some would say it's a word of revelation, a word of insight, a word of divine appointment. I will declare tonight it is a rhema word. And I'm sure that some may even tune this radio station off as I begin to teach this. But I declare in Jesus name that this will be the day that in your attempt to cease from listening to this broadcast, you will not be able to stop it. You you will sit because you're going to want to know the outcome of this. So I declare in Jesus name, you are made free from the enemy and his attempts to block what God has for you tonight. Tonight's word is a word of warning. It is a word of of trumpet, a trumpet that's blowing tonight. It is a word to be aware of. It's a word. That you should bear and give attention to. Because he sees his people. This is why. I asked why. I didn't say it. I read over it. Why God is sending this word. This is what he says. Because he sees his people not taking heed. They have let down their walls of defense. They have opened the gates of their hearts. They have said within themselves. What else is there to do? Since it all appears normal. And besides, God must be okay since he hasn't changed it. They think that is okay. 
to sleep with their enemy. But I will have the last word, God says. I don't know what that means. I don't know what he says. But all I can say is take heed. When they sleep with the enemy, they reveal the secrets of their heart. When they sleep with the enemy, you end up trading your desire, your dream, your goals for what he offers. When you sleep with your enemy, they, your enemy, you hear the enemy's voice and no one can tell you anything. When you sleep with your enemy, he ensures his world is the best and brings all kinds of pleasure. The pleasure of secrecy, the pleasure of excitement, the pleasure of having your cake, eating it too and going back for the second helping. The pleasure of not getting caught all the while weaving a web that entraps you in his snare, leading them to a slow death. Sleeping with the enemy. It's time to open your eyes. God told Abraham to lift up your haze, your eyes from here, from the place where you stand. I declare to you tonight, my brothers and my sisters, and those of you who are here, that we must open up our eyes and see. We must lift up our eyes. We must behold what God is showing and revealing. And we must be aware of who our enemy may be. Why is that a warning? Because the very fact that Paul tells us in Corinthians that we are not ignorant of his devices tells us that we can become ignorant of the enemy's devices. And in becoming ignorant of Satan's devices, it opens us up to the attack that is blatantly set against us, yet we are unaware that it's an attack. We have to open our eyes to the information that is given. We have to open our eyes to the people God placed in our lives that would help us. But the problem is today for the body of Christ and the people of God is that God hasn't come back yet. And because they've heard it for so many years that Jesus is coming back, they think that he is delaying his coming for whatever reason they think he's delaying it. So it causes people to la get, become lax and, and become um, um, complacent in their walk with God, therefore allowing the pollutants and the world system to, to uh, permeate on their lives. And through that permeation, they begin to add it as a part of their lives, not knowing that in adding it, it is a setup. It is a setup that is designed to trip you up. It is a setup that is designed to make you weak. It is a setup that is designed to blind your eyes so that you cannot see the full plan of what the enemy is doing. It is a setup that God wants us to be aware of because in the setup is destruction. And it's not too late if you're still breathing on the earth to end it. It's called sleeping with the enemy. Well, who is my enemy? Who is my enemy? Who is my enemy? Is it just Satan? I wrote here. Well, yeah, it's him because he's behind it all. I'm going to skip to this statement and then I'm going to go back to the top. Your enemy is Satan. Those he and those who he uses to bring about his agenda on your life 
and the world. Satan is not like God. He can't be everywhere at the same time. He needs agents. He uses people. He uses businesses, corporations, your job, your supervisors. He uses your neighbors and your friends and your church goers, your brothers in Christ. He'll use anyone who allows him to. He'll use anyone who is sleeping with him because then he can woo them in the nighttime. When you're sleeping with your enemy, you may be in his company, but it is in those moments that you become vulnerable because he is the one that is wooing you. It is in the moments of those secret conversations, those times where you're talking late at night during the day, talking to yourself, even driving, and he's uttering words that you want to hear because that's his nature. It is the enemy who is cunning. It is the enemy, Paul says, he appears as an angel of light. Although he is darkness, your enemy, he is darkness and people know him as darkness. If they see him as darkness, they will shun him because most people don't like to be in the dark. But because he appears at the angel of light tells us that he is aware that people will know him. So he has to disguise himself in a form of light. What is light? Not 70 watts of power that comes through your lamp. Light as in a person that is more appeasing to you, a person that is more acceptable to you. What makes that person, what makes that object, what make that thing? If it's your job, it's the money if you're drawn by it. If it's a female or a male, it's their looks, it's their conversation, it's their voice, it's their whatever, their swag that draws your attention. It is that. It is whatever it is that gets your attention that he uses, that he brings himself to become the angel of light to you. It sparks your interest. It gets your attention. It makes you let down the guards. It makes you open up and give him your heart. Why is it important for you to take heed? Let's look at Samson and Delilah. In the book of Judges, you'll find Samson Judges 13, beginning at the first through the eighth verse. I'm reading this to just give you an insight of who Samson is, for those of you who may not know him. And then we're going to jump down to chapter 15, I believe it is. I neglected to put that. And we're reading. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. For those of you who have an electronic Bible tonight, the New Living Translation is where I will be reading from tonight. Praise the Lord. Okay. Verse 1 of chapter 13 says this. Again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Philistines who oppressed them for 40 years. Isn't that amazing? They were in captivity in the nation of the country of Philistine for 40 years. Why? Because they did evil in the Lord's sight. And because they did evil in the Lord's sight, 
the Lord allowed their enemy, the Philistines, to come upon them and overtake them. Verse two. In those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah wife and said, excuse me, the angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, even thou, excuse me, even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden fruit. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and his hair must never be cut for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Now, to clarify, he is a Nazarite. The angel told the mother, as a Nazarite, these are the things you cannot do because he was dedicated to the service of the Lord. What was his purpose? To rescue Israel from the Philistines. That was his sole purpose for being born. To rescue Israel from the Philistines. Verse six, the woman ran and told her husband, a man of God appeared to me. He looked like one of God's angels terrifying to me. I didn't ask where he was from and he didn't tell me his name, but he told me you will become pregnant and give birth to a son. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden fruit for your son will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from the moment of his birth until the day of his death. And if you read on through that, after this particular conversation, a man, I guess he did not believe what the woman was saying. So he went and prayed to God and asked God to send the angel again. And God exact did exactly what he said. But God sent the angel back to the woman. And the woman seeing the angel ran and got her husband and brought him back. And the man came in where the angel was and he said, are you the one that came and spoke this thing to my wife? And the angel said, I am. He said, well, what is your name? He said, what, what difference does it make if I tell you my name? He said, so what uh, what did you tell her? The woman know exactly what I told her and just make sure that she follows my instruction. So he didn't give the man any additional information other than was spoken to his wife in whom the commandment was given. Why am I stressing that? I'm stressing that because it is important that when you have been set aside for a purpose, although many don't know it and many are seeking purpose. Matter of fact, there are so many people seeking God's purpose for their lives that they get mixed up with unpurposeful things. And it's those unpurposeful things, excuse me, those unpurposeful, those unpurposeful, I don't even know if that's a word, those things that they get involved in that has nothing to do with that purpose become their enemy because it zaps them of their strength, because it throws them off track, because they make them think they should be there and they shouldn't be there. 
The enemy is always sent to deter you. He's always sent to discourage you. He's always sent to distract you. He's always sent to, to take you off the course that you intended to travel. That's your enemy. Who is my enemy? The one that you know it is. You know it's your enemy, yet you have not tagged them as your enemy. The beginning of change begins when you tag them or you label them your enemy. You have to understand that they may not be rude. They may be the kindest, the gentlest, mm-hmm. the friendliest. The job may be the bestest, the best benefits, give you the most money. Mm-hmm. She may be the prettiest. He may be the bulkiest, meaning in the muscles. Mm-hmm. He may have a think a mind. He may have the car and he may have the house. He may give you everything you ever wanted. He may be the one, but the one is not the one. The one is your enemy. Sleeping with the enemy. Sleeping with the enemy. One day, I'll have to encourage you to read the next few chapters of Samson. But I want to jump in where he eventually meets Delilah. Let me see what chapter that is in. Chapter 16 of Judges, beginning at the fourth verse. And I like the way it starts out sometime later, sometime later. That means some events took place. I would encourage you to see the events because then you'll see how he played with his enemy and how the enemy could have taken his life. But God, that makes sense. So he played with the enemy. He found company in the enemy's camp. The enemy ended up betraying him, almost losing his life. But God stood on his word and said, your purpose is to deliver my people. If I let you die now, my people will never be freed. So I have to spare his life. Yet he played with his enemy. That makes sense. I hope so. That means God may allow you to play with your enemy because there are great, there's a greater purpose than your enemy's victory at the moment. That makes sense? What you're experiencing now may be what you're experiencing, but that's not the end. Some people go through things in their lives Relationships ends, situations people pass on, and they get stuck in that time thinking, surely this has to be the end of my life. But I often tell people that that situation did not sign your death certificate as if there's nothing greater than that place. God has always had another place for you to go. Where is that? It's greater than where you are. How am I supposed to use this? There's a greater purpose for your life. God had a greater purpose than where Samson was when he was playing with his enemy. And he finally met the enemy that would bring him to his purpose. 
So sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sarek. The rulers of Philistines went to her and said, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, I want to drop this in. Know this, that Delilah was not one who was a part of the Israelites. She was a Philistine lady. She was one of the ladies that was a part of a nation that God considered pagan. It was those nations that when God told Israel that when you go into the land that I promise you, make sure you destroy all the inhabitants of the land, because if you don't destroy them, they will be basically your worst nightmare. They will take your sons and your daughters and make them theirs. Your daughters will marry into their families. Your sons will marry into their families. You will turn from me and serve their pagan gods. So I want you to know that before you go there, you need to kill them all. You need to destroy them all. Well, Samson did not follow that rule. He fell in love with the enemy. He fell in love with the enemy, not knowing that one day his enemy would sell him out for silver. Sounds familiar? So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong. I can almost see her laying there and he laying right next to her and she entreating him with this conversation. Please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. Samson replied, if I were tied up with seven new bowstrings that have not yet been dried, I would become as weak as anybody else. So the Philistine rulers brought Delilah seven new bowstrings. You see how the enemy is? Here is my private conversation. And yet they're out to get him. And she tied Samson up. Did this is the woman that he loved, right? Think about what I'm saying. Sleeping with the enemy. She told the Philistine rulers what makes him weak. They went, purchased it, and she tied him up. Verse 9, she had hidden some men, look at this, in one of the inner rooms of her house. And she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstrings as a piece of string snaps when it is burned by fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Afterwards, Delilah said to him, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now, please tell me how you can be tied up securely. Now, he should have asked her, well, why you want to know? And how you say that I lied to you? Why are you trying to get this information off of me? But that's not what he did. So is he he's playing with fire right here. Am I right? Well, look what happened after this. So Delight Samson replied. If I were tied up with brand new ropes that had never been used, I would become as weak as anyone else. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him up with them. 
Then the men was hiding in the inner room as before. And again, Delilah cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But again, Samson snapped the ropes from his arms as if they were thread. Then Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, if you were to weave the seven braids of my hair into a fabric on your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I don't know what that is, I will become as weak as any one else. So while he slept, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric. Then she tightened it with a loom shuttle. Again, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson woke up, pulled back the loom shuttle and yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. Then Delilah, Delilah pouted. Isn't that how the enemy is? Pouted. Don't call me no more. I'm not going to answer your calls. Right. How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? Mm. You've made fun of me three times now and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Sounds familiar? Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. I told you earlier that your enemy is the one you tell. Can your, the sleeping with the enemy causes you to tell your deepest secrets. Secrets that they have no reason to know. Delilah loved Well, I jumped ahead. Verse 18, Delilah realized. Oh, verse 17. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. I mean, he poured it out. If my head was shaven, my strength would leave me and I will become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth. So she sent for the Philistines rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off his seven locks of hair. In this way, she began to bring him down and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought I would do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. When you play and sleep with your enemy. He drains you of your sensitivity to the voice of God. He dulls your interest in the things of God. He distracts you from the presence of God. He wastes your time on things that does not benefit you 
in any things of God. And before you know it, he have pulled you from the ark of safety. He has turned you from the people who care. They have you so busy at work to where you become ineffective at home and your personal lives. When you sleep with your enemy, you lose a sense of reality and what he offers you becomes your new reality when you sleep with your enemy. So the Philistines captured him and gouged his eyes out. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with brass chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. This is the man who God had a purpose because he played with his enemy. He ended up blind and in prison. Isn't that with the end result of letting your guards down and doing things outside of the will of God? He blinds you from the truth and he imprisons you within yourself. Forget the normal change. Forget the physical prison. Forget the place, the building where other inmates are. Let's look at within yourself. You don't know what's right from wrong anymore. When people tell you stuff, it irritates you. You can't see truth when it's right in front of you because your truth has become the lies of the enemy has now become your truth. It imprisons you. It binds you. It holds you captive. But before long, the scripture said, his hair began to grow back. Who is your enemy? Satan and those he used to bring about his agenda in your life and the world system. Satan, your adversary, the accuser of the brethren, Satan, the devil. Job one talks about it. The sixth through the twelfth verse. He is the accuser, the one who go about in the earth, walking, looking. Seeing who he may pounce upon. He is the one your enemy. He is the dragon, according to Revelations 12 and nine, the old serpent. He is the prince of the world. John 12 and 31. The prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2 and 2. That means he controls the world and the things within the world. He is the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. He is the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He is that spirit. When you become a disobedient child, that's what the scripture says. It is Satan operating within you. According to Ephesians 2 and 2, he is tempted. He has tempted our Lord Jesus in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. He is Beelzebub, the prince of the devils in Matthew 12 and 24. He is the constant enemy of God, of Christ, of the divine kingdom, of the followers of Christ and of all truth. He is the full 
He is full of falsehood and all hatred and exciting and seducing to evil in every possible way. His power is very great in the world. That's why he is the God of this world. He is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. First Peter five and eight. Men are said to be taken captive by him. Second Titus two and twenty six. Christians are warned against his devices. Second Corinthians two and eleven. And it's called to resist him. James four and seven. Christ redeems his people from him that had the power of death. That is the devil. The devil has the power of death. According to Hebrews 2 and 14, Satan has power of death, not as Lord, but simply as executioner. Who is your enemy? He is the Satan who was fallen from heaven in Isaiah 14 and 33. Satan has been around from the beginning of the world. Understand that when you go in cahoots with your enemy, he has 6,000 plus years of information over you. You might be 20, but he may be 6,000 plus years old. He's aware of what goes on in the world. He's been here since the beginning. He even set foot in heaven and was experienced rule in heaven until his pride got the better of him and he was kicked out of heaven. He is that Satan, your enemy. He uses whom he will to accomplish his agenda. Do you know who your enemy is? Do you know who the one that you may be sleeping with? Do you know who he is? He is that Satan who brings about all manner of destruction. Why? Because he has 6,000 years of knowledge over you. He knows what gets the attention when Eve was standing there holding conversations with him. He was there before she even came into being. He was aware of what was taking on at that point. And he began to twist the truth of the word to get her in a place to where his lies became truth to her. Who is your enemy? The one who can cause you to change your mind so quickly from truth to error. That's your enemy. The people, the events, the places, the things that you allow yourself to become a part of that causes you to set down your Christianity and just partake of what is offered to you at the moment. It is that your enemy. It is those who invite you become your enemy, not even knowing that they are, but simply you allowing yourself to be pulled in to their snares. They become your enemy. They become the enemy of your soul. They become the enemy of your spirit. They become the enemy who blinds you from truth. They become the enemy who ties you, who binds you, who who blinds you, who, who changes your mindset, causes you to think different, causes you to change your belief system. They become that enemy who is set out to get you. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen says, Paul said, but I am not surprised even Satan. I said it earlier, disguises himself as an angel of light. Why am I saying it again? I'm saying it again because if he appears as an angel of light. That means he's hard to detect. 
That means he's hard to detect. And the only way you will recognize the enemy. You have to know God. Because it is God and his Holy Spirit who reveals the enemy to us. It's a many people who is aware of their enemy. It has been confirmed by the Holy Spirit. And yet they will not cease from dealing with them. It is that enemy. It is amazing to me that there are many people listening to this broadcast. That are intertwined and entangled in situations that if they had taken heed at the very beginning, they would not be in it. Who is your enemy? Who is the one you're sleeping with? Who is the one you're revealing your secrets to that you know they should not know? Who is the one you're giving your precious cargo to? Who you're inviting to access your checking accounts and your bank accounts? Who is the one that you're giving access to your children, your family, your friends? I was looking at a clip of a newscast today where the judge was sentencing the boyfriend of this lady. And the judge opened the conversation by telling the young man that because of what you've done, I sentence you to life in prison. And as he said those words, the man held his head down and just shook his head as if to say, I cannot believe this. And then he turned to the mother of the boy of the girlfriend of the boyfriend and looked at her and said the first thing out of his mouth. You are a despicable mother. And I blame you for this entire situation because you knew what was taking place with your children. You told us during the court trial. That the first week that this man moved in with you, that he attacked you and raped you in your own house. And then weeks later, he turned on your youngest child, six years old, and molested them. And then your 10 year old and molested them. And you said nothing. He said, out of the 20 years that I've been a judge, I have never seen a despicable mother like you are because this is your own fault. And you could have stopped this when it was ahead. She slept with her enemy. She let her enemy in. She locked him in her own house while she went out and parted with her friends. Drinking and partying because she felt like it was better to do that than to watch over her kids. He said, you are just as guilty as this man. Why I tell you this, I'm telling you this because your enemy can care less. They don't care. Yeah, they might love you, but you got to understand the spirit that works in them don't love you. It is that spirit that if we cannot recognize that can lead. I'm not saying that will cause our demise. I'm saying it could lead to our demise if we allow that spirit into our lives. 
How is it? We give them access. We have to be aware. We have to be attentive. We have to be alert. We can't shut off stuff that is important for us to recognize. We have to see it. We have to hear it. We have to understanding even at this, even if we don't want to understand it, we have to understand it. Why? Because it's your enemy. And he's out to get you. He never can be found out. It's hard. Only God can reveal this enemy with you. Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, when he had to deal with the church of Corinth, after a young man was sleeping with his father's wife, and they just allowed it to go on and on, and nobody did anything to stop it. Everybody knew what was taking place. And one day Paul had to address it and told them, don't you realize that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? For bakers, you will understand that if you get leaven and you put it in dough, it causes the dough to expand. Sin is as leaven that when you inject sin into purity, if it's not removed, sin grows and begin to affect the good stuff. So he said, get rid of the leaven. We have to recognize what the leaven is in our lives because the leaven is tied to our enemy. Brother, you're saying something difficult. I'm in business with it, with them. I've signed contracts. I've, I've gone into agreements with, with my enemy. Well, then you have to pray that God would give you a way out. You have to pray that God would show you how to come out. You have to pray that God would free you from being tied and bound to your enemy. What if the enemy is my husband? You have to pray that God would give you the grace to deal with it. You have to pray that God would utilize you to offer Christ in display that would cause them to turn and give their lives to Jesus. Is it too late? It's never too late. I said at the end of what I read you about Samson that after a while his hair began to grow. And if you remember, his hair was the key to what? His strength. His hair was the signal that God was with him. His hair was a reminder that because you slept with your enemy, my purpose still has to be fulfilled. Many people will find out that you may have slept with your enemy. Many people will hold you to that event only to make you feel as if God has washed his hands of you. But I want to tell you tonight that just because you slept don't mean God forgot about you. Just because you reveal the secrets of your heart doesn't mean God shut his mouth from speaking. I want you to know that as sure as Samson's hair began to grow, as sure is God reminding you of his promise. You don't have to hold your head down anymore. You don't have to, to run and hide and, and 
keep yourself from certain places and things because of who you might run into. If you turn back with me to where we left off in Judges, I want to show you what happened as a result of Samson's hair growing back. Verse 23, 16th chapter of Judges. The Philistine rulers held a great festival, offering sacrifices and praising their God, Dagon. They said, our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. Isn't that what the enemy does? When he captivates you, when he holds you captive, he has a big celebration. We got him now. We done ruined his reputation now. Oh, lights out from here. When the people saw him, they praised their God saying, our God has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power. Do you hear? This is Satan. This is the enemy. This is the, 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 the celebration that is going on when the enemy has consumed you and got you captive. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, bring out Samson so he can amuse us. He wants to make a spectacle of you. So he brought forth the prison from the prison to amuse them. And they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. Verse 26, Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by his hand, place my hands against the pillars that hold the temple up. And the scripture said, as they celebrated, Samson began to push against the pillars, knowing that his hair was growing back. The word said that as Samson pushed, the pillars began to cave in. And as a result of the cave in, all the Philistines were killed. Isn't that what the scripture said? Let me read it. Verse 27. Now the temple was completely filled with people and all the Philistine rulers were there. And there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple, pushing against them with both hands. He prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire life. What did he do? God, remember me. He turned his face to the God who set his purpose in time. He asked God to remember me as if to say, forgive me, but remember me. Let me do this one last time. If it means I got to give up my life, so 
let it be. Did he fulfill his purpose? Yes, he did. He not only killed all the rulers, but he killed 3000 men and women. At the end. He killed more people in his death than he killed in his entire life. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that just because you slept with your enemy. On the other side, you'll reach more. On the other side, you'll affect more. God will take your testimony and use it to deliver thousands if you can only go to him and ask him to remember you. That's all you have to do. Yeah, but I slept with my enemy. Yeah, but there's a God who understands. There's a God who's there that is always until the, until the day you die, there is always a time a place for repentance where God will change his mind that he will remember what he promised you to accomplish your purpose what are you saying brother Willie I'm saying if you're going to pray tonight you need to pray that God will reveal to you your enemy that's it so father God I pray tonight in the name of Jesus, I pray for those and these who are here with us and that are tuned in. I pray that through your word tonight, their eyes have been opened, their ears have been opened, their hearts have been opened, revelation has come forth, courage has increased, repentance has come, come to their hearts. And they find themselves asking you to remember them. I pray tonight will be that day of freedom. The day of revealing who their enemy is. So they can cut off every contact, shut every door. So they can awaken and arise from the ashes of their mess. And come running to the safety of your arms. I pray tonight. That you would encourage and increase your people. That as we turn and as they turn unto you. That they will find increased strength. That they would feel your forgiveness. And that through that God. They will move forward in their lives. I pray oh God. That you would give your people peace. That you would give them rest. That you would help them to get past guilt, fear, anxiety, doubt, the hows and the whys and the when to and I was a fool and all the other things that the enemy would try to come and tell them to get them to not go back to you. Because he will come. He'll visit them again. He'll remind them of how it was and how it used to feel. Remember this and remember when we, remember how we, remember they never knew. But we, we, we. But God is in that moment that the voice of the spirit will cry out inside of them 
and they will declare, get thee behind me, Satan. No longer do I serve you, but I serve the God of heaven. The God he created you is the same one he's going to condemn you to hell. This night is the night that they will awaken out of their sleep. In the name of Jesus, I pray peace upon those tonight as we close out this message and we close out this broadcast. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I pray tonight the word was clear and understanding to you. I pray that you receive what God has for you. I pray that you not tune this out. I pray that you not shut the door on it. I pray that you heed what God is saying. And guess what? It's not just to you. It's to me also. I have to be aware. I have to stay attentive. I have to be alert because my enemy, Satan, goes about seeking whom he may devour. It is always my prayer. And I want to encourage you that every day I set feet on this ground, that God will reveal to me who my enemy is for that day so that I don't fall and succumb to his swings and tactics. I don't care in what form it comes. I will not bow down. I will not go back. I will not listen to your sweet talking. That's just the way it go. Because I got a God in heaven whose voice is better than your voice, whose benefits are better than yours, and who has the keys of death and hell and the grave. He has the power to commit my soul to hell. He is the one I serve. Thank you all tonight for listening in to our Tuesday night encounter special edition. We appreciate you. Keep us in your prayers next week. Remember, we'll pick up with Romans, the sixth chapter, as we continue to walk through the book of Romans. And if you God has laid us upon your heart to, to pay your offering tonight, your tithe, please log into our website www.vohonline.org and click on the online donation tab there and you'll be able to give your tithe and offering or whatever the Lord has given and bless you to give you can do it all there on that website I am Pastor Willie here at Vision of Hope Ministries in Fort Worth, Texas I want to say good night to everyone have a good evening and God bless you <music>